0: what they don't forget, or what they sometimes forget to do is to ask the question, what's my real value? Is my value in interviewing a CEO for 60 minutes? And okay, sure, there's some kind of value exchange there, but what's my real value? And my real value is not uh, in doing one interview, it's actually in the 850 interviews that I've already done, you see? And so what, and now the influence bit and the link to AI is we've actually built a custom uh, GPT app. Which has been trained on all the interviews, the transcriptions from the interviews that I've done with all these uh, in, these, these super successful people, um, and it, on top of that, all my books, all that kind of stuff. And we've created a GPT interface, so you can now access the knowledge capital of, you know, 850 CEOs. You know, if you add all the the revenues together, it's like billions of revenue. Um, and what's beautiful.
1: Hey, LJ, how many talks at conferences have you given on AI this year?
2: Oh, my goodness. Probably. Actually, I actually have no idea. It's been so many.
1: Oh, God. And how many times have you uh, taught this AI uh, to supercharge your desk course already?
2: Over two dozen times now.
1: Two dozen. God, you read eight the last time I asked you like a month ago. Good Lord. I know,
2: I know. It has been exceedingly popular and it's gotten rave reviews. So we're super excited about what I think is going to be the leveling the playing field. The great equalizer is uh, generative and, you know, I've been quoted as saying, AI won't replace you, but someone that knows how to use it will. And so you need to get on it if you have it. That's
1: right, guys. So check out the supercharger desk with AI that Lord is teaching via Leap Consulting. You can find her at Lauren at Leap Consulting Solutions.com.
2: What's happening, Rob? Lauren Jones
1: 2024. It's a great year. It's going to be a great year. How are you?
2: Um, we're going to do more in 2024. Yes, I have oh, to have oh, just, you're just making
1: a, little a bit of rhyme all the time. Out,
2: I love I it. Know. So lame, but um, it keeps me motivated. 2023 was going to be all about me, and then the world took a shit. And <laughs> <laughs>
1: what else? 2024. Yeah. It's, we're going to do more. All right. I like it. I like that. We're going to do more. All right. Well, Lauren Jones, I know you are elbow deep in New Year's, New Year's, Happy New Year's cards, because you didn't send out Christmas cards. So be on the lookout. Yeah, for the first the- time in
2: 16 years, for if you're on the list, for the first time in 16 years, I couldn't get my shit together enough to get out Christmas cards. We've got a lot going on and the year's already, you know, we're going hundred miles an hour already. So um, sorry, everybody that expected those, um, before Christmas.
1: Besides, um, besides yeah. being an exclusive make- episode, we have a fantastic guest. We had the chief excitement officer, uh, Mr. Matt Brown. Matt, how you doing brother? <laughs> yes. Better know that I'm um, here with you guys. That's for sure. <laughs> I appreciate the energy. The yes. energy is all up. We're all, we're all rise today. If this was a DJ, there'd be no slow songs today. So don't worry. All right. <laughs> All right man. Well, okay,
2: we have questions for you, Matt, that we so that our audience can get to know you. Our listeners are executives, um leaders in our industry and uh, so we always start with um some uh questions so that they can get to know you. So, um the books that you're reading right now that you're most passionate.
0: Uh We're the power through. the power of broke. Power of broke. Yeah. By- uh, It's the shock Tank guy. Uh, the power of
2: oh, power of Broke.
0: I'm terrible oh, with names. Sucks.
2: Power of Broke. You're
1: fine. Uh, we're, uh, all, we're all, it's we're okay. all, it's all okay. on the run right now.
0: Uh, oh, Here's his name, yeah. Uh, J- name Damon John. Green, I think. It yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Damon, yeah. John. Damon John. Damon John. Damon John. That's the guy.
2: What do you love about it? Um
0: I love it I love the 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 mindset aspects of it and I think mindsets you know when you're trying to build something um oftentimes it's beneficial to come from nothing like you know I I came from nothing that's where all my hunger, hunger for for what I do comes from uh my show started from nothing you know what I mean and so when you start from nothing and you want to go to different destinations staying hungry through that whole uh, journey the ups and the downs even when you win it's like you got to stay hungry for that next thing uh, and not rest on your laurels of, of this perceived idea of, of, of what success is. And so that whole book is about mindset. You know, how do yeah. you actually yeah. get, how do you build something that's truly remarkable when you have nothing to work with when you start? And that's really the quintessential, you know, journey of an entrepreneur, right? They make something from nothing. Um, and that's what uh, really resonates with me about it.
1: Nice. I
2: think that there are two powerful words in entrepreneurship and that's hunger and humility. And if you can maintain those two things, I I, I think you've got a good long road in front of you. Um, because when you start reading your own press, that's when shit goes sideways. Never believe your <laughs> own press. Uh, yes. Okay. So um, greatest success as an entrepreneur.
0: Um, My greatest success as an entrepreneur was... Probably when I sold my first company. <laughs> yeah, I was a, I was a youngster. I was actually 26. Uh, I've i founded 14 startups over the last 25 years. Sold couple, uh, but the first one's the one that I think was the one that really I was like holy shit, you can actually do this, you know. Um, and uh, but I was 26 years old, and if you tell a 26 year old uh, entrepreneur, especially me, when I was 26, that he can walk on water, he'll believe you. <laughs> And so luckily the universe <laughs> was going to fix all of that for me, you know? Um, and so the next business right. died and the next one didn't scale. And so, you know, the first success is always a reminder of just to stay humble because, uh, you know, you literally cannot walk on water. <laughs> so, Yes. I like it.
2: Okay. So speaking of walking on wall or water or drowning, <laughs> what was your biggest failure as a <laughs> Um,
0: Probably, um, a business that i had scaled it to we like 75 people uh, doing around 5 million a year in revenue and then when i moved to the states i hadn't designed the business in such a way that it could run without me um and so unfortunately that died and it shouldn't have died it should have been another one that i sold um and so you know it's you know when you try when you tell you know 50 plus families that they're not going to get an income anymore you know it's a kind of experience that uh, isn't enjoyable at all, um, and so that certainly for me was uh, was my greatest failure was not being able to design that business in such a way that it could run without me. Um, but um, I call it QBE, Qualified by Experience. You know, you have to go through these journeys. You have to sell a company, and you have to have one die on you. Otherwise, you haven't fully you know lived the journey of an entrepreneur. You're kind of just playing in the middle, maybe on some side, you know. Um, but that certainly was tough, man. It was really, really tough. But, um, like my book, secrets of fail failure is the best teacher out there. Um, and it helps you to become who you were always meant to be. And I do believe that life is always happening for you, not to you. Um, and, uh, and so when a business dies, it's not you, you didn't, you didn't die. You know what I mean? It's a business businesses die 99% of businesses don't survive past four years. I mean, you know, this is a natural part of the journey. Um, so I take with me a lot of heart and a lot of hunger going back to that previous thing to do things better, you know, um, and to do things in a way that would allow me to make that kind of impact that I'm looking to make.
1: I love it.
2: I just bought Secrets of Influence. So I, I'm excited to read that one. Do <laughs> <laughs> You're late. I had to start with the late, so I'll go backwards. Lauren um, has but different. I had to start with, I have a little bit of a book obsession and I'm a little bit of a book nerd. Yeah um so, i uh
1: i said her christmas gift was a hundred dollar gift card and an apology to mr jones for all the books she's gonna buy <laughs> that, that's...
2: i already used it on book Tom. i'm sure
1: you did i knew it wasn't gonna last long that was the best christmas gift for you no
2: it wasn't gonna last but... all right yes thank you so all
1: right appreciate so, it. all right well we got the we most have... device oh you want to go the most device
2: wait device. when when
1: Oh, no, we were going to go most memorable moment as a, like, like actual moment. Most memorable moment. Yes, most memorable as in moment. In was it I the selling of the business? Or... Um,
0: no, it was actually when um, I, I rose for the first time into some form of notoriety. Um, I, it was about 2019 and uh, the Bitcoin price was running. And uh, the, for me, the show, the Matt Brown show was all about making a positive difference to entrepreneurs and people. In the business sense and when the business when the bitcoin price was running everybody was like losing their mind they were mortgaging their homes you know selling their kids education funds to buy more bitcoin and i was like hang on a second that doesn't sound like a good thing to do and so what i did was i started to hold these live shows i already had the biggest business show in in africa at the time and so for me just to fill a room full of people and i knew some people who were playing in the crypto space and I started doing these live shows and I started selling out these live shows, sold out a dozen and eventually it all culminated uh, with CNBC broadcasting, you know, one of my shows to over 58 countries around the world. Um, and that's when I was like, holy shit, uh, this is like true influence, you know, and um, but uh, I, I chose not to stay there, though, because um, I didn't want to be associated with speculation, you know what I mean? Like, is it going to go up or is it going to go down? And that's like, uh-uh. and I do believe, you know, you you define yourself by what you say no to, not by what you say yes to. Um, and I could have stayed there. I could have, you know, built a YouTube channel and moved all my audience there. And I was like, nah, I'm just going to stay here because that's my why. And that's the difference that I want to make. And that's, that's what I did. I like it. Yeah. There's a
2: book, The Power of Saying No, Um, that is exceptional as well. Uh, you know, controlling, controlling your future um by what you focus on. You know, where you put your energy where's where you're gonna get your result. Mm. <clears throat> so you're a hundred percent right. Okay. Now to the most divisive question. Uh are you a dog person or a cat person?
0: Uh I'm a fish person. <laughs> none of the above. See I see what I did well, there.
2: None of the above, all right. I
0: see what I did there.
2: <laughs> I see. Yeah, yeah. And you didn't even get into the con- oh, controversy. I reframed the controversy.
0: <laughs> yeah. I no, I'm i I'm actually Love in truth it. a dog person. For sure. Um, there we go. Yeah. All
1: right. One of us. One I have six. Rob has one. one. You have six dogs?
2: Yeah, you're one of us. Do you have? I do. I live on a farm. Okay. So, yeah. okay.
1: Matt, there is a plethora of animals that you never thought would be in human existence yeah. uh, or someone's house that live in Lauren's domain. <laughs> yes, we've got
2: chickens, We've got chickens. We've got goats. We've got sheep. You name it, we've got it. Um, still waiting for yeah, the llama. So I'm
1: really excited for Larry the llama.
2: I, I will. We will get a llama. I promise. You.
1: And now Alfred the alpaca. Keep
2: away the ha, no, his name's going to be Gary.
1: Gary the alpaca. All right, got it. Anyway. <laughs>
2: here, here, yes. Anyway. Okay. So as we come into 2024, you know, we've got um, leaders who are trying to focus their year. Um, and some of the trends that were in 2023 were big sales focus, and obviously we have AI. And then um, one of the things that you're exceptional at um, is this sphere of influence, right? And, and, and so I think those, you know, sales, influence, AI, those three topics are, are, I think going to be, continue to be really hot as we come into 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and you know, Chad GPT and Bard and Claude and, you know, w- pick your poison perplexity, um, how are we going to apply these in meaningful ways? Still have you know this this hu- try and make human connections, and then try and do something with all this technology. So, um, how are you putting those three things together—sales, influence, and and a little spice of AI? Yeah. What are you seeing?
0: Sure. So I think what I what I see oftentimes, especially in the go to market motion space, is that no matter what you're doing, whether you're selling consulting or HR tech or some kind of SaaS or whatever it is. The uh, the CMOs, the marketing people, typically, they're either marketing the problem or they're marketing their solution, um, but they're not marketing their value. So as an example, um, and this now ties into the influence bit, right? So if you think about my podcast, The Map Show, uh, you Show, know, we've done over 850 uh, episodes now. And so I have this platform. I have an audience in over 100 countries around the world, top 10% podcast globally, blah, blah. So if I wanted to market the problem, what would I say? I would say, uh, hey, Mr. CEO, want to get your story out into a relevant audience in a countries around the world, problem, solution. What I'll do is I'll interview you for 60 minutes and uh, you can promote the hell out of your business, right? Or cost X. So that's problem, solution. That's typically what everybody does. But what they stop, what they don't forget, to, or what they sometimes forget to do is to ask the question, what's my real value? is my value in interviewing a CEO for 60 minutes? And okay, sure, there's some kind of value exchange there. But what's my real value? And my real value is not uh, in doing one interview. It's actually in the 850 interviews that I've already done. You see? And so what, and now the influence bits and the link to AI is we've actually built a custom uh, GPT app, which has been trained on all the interviews, the transcriptions from the interviews that I've done with all these uh, these. These super successful people, um, and on top of that, all my books, all that kind of stuff, and we've created a GPT interface so you can now access the knowledge capital of you know eight hundred and fifty CEOs you know if you add all the the revenues together, it's like billions of revenue um, and what's beautiful about it is that my app, right my ability to now scale my influence to millions of entrepreneurs or business leaders around the world is is unparalleled. Um, and it's combined uh, essentially value with influence and AI. Um, so we can also now, you know, deliver all my knowledge capital in different languages: Chinese, Spanish, French. You know, name your your language. Um, and so this is for me the 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 biggest opportunity ever for 2024, right? Is knowing what your true value is, working with um, GPT and or whichever AI tool. To effectively scale your influence. And influence is not influencer marketing. That's what people think it is. Influence is about elevating others before yourself. Influencer uh, marketing is like, I'm um, you paying me to promote your stuff um, and I don't even use your product, right? So I'm enriching myself at the cost of my audience. But true influence 2024 and beyond is really about elevating others. But it all starts with asking one question, which is what's my real value here? in 2024, what do I want to do with my own influence as a business leader and who do I want to elevate, right, and then thinking differently about everything because everything is changing all the time and so if we're thinking about go-to-market motions like press releases and maybe you'll do a webinar series and maybe you'll do like a, a podcast, you know, tour you're, you're literally regurgitating all the kind of go-to-market approaches that everybody else is using. But as, as in the example that I just shared, you know, I'm really able to fundamentally change the lives of people you know, and really make a quantifiable difference all because you thought differently about what your real value is and how can you scale that value and scale your influence with this amazing technology called artificial generative intelligence.
2: Yes. Well, and, and so I went, so for our listeners, I went to Matt's, um, chat GPT, uh, and asked, how do I socialize my, my podcast? Um, and it, it, it spit out exactly what, uh, I mean, I would, I would hope that we're doing most of these things as, as, you know, uh, podcasters, but leveraging social media platforms, build a community and it gives you bullet points of each one, collaborate with other podcasters. What we're doing here mm-hmm. now, email marketing, SEO and blogging, paid advertising. And the list goes on and on and on. So this is exceedingly powerful. You know, you've done 850 interviews. You've got all of this, you know, um, brain power behind all of these pretty standard. uh, I mean, what I would say are uh, pretty standard entrepreneur questions. You know, how do I get started? Mm -hmm. I think what I found interesting when you and I had that initial conversation was this idea, this misnomer out there. uh, 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 Let's take LinkedIn, for example, just once a day. Once a day is all you have to do. I think many people think influence comes with just a little bit of activity, and it does not. It takes significantly more than that. You and I talked a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about, because I I think all entrepreneurs, agencies, businesses, the ones that we run are um, 100% under-utilizing the tools at their disposal, mm. whether it's social or unpaid um, advertising or SEO or blogging, et cetera. Um, so what are the what are some things that they can do immediately? And give me a, a little spice of life on the amount of activity they have to do.
0: Yeah, for sure. So the first step is to do something.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, no, that's what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on the sidelines, you know, is is really not an option anymore. Um, but specifically, just to double click on what I mean by do something, I don't mean like record a video, I mean actually go and solve something that your audience cares about, like go and solve something. So for instance, um, you know, with Secrets of Fail, the series I did on my show, I did interviews, you know, interviews with 150 CEOs all about their biggest failures, you know, um, and. We created a book out of it, um, and we launched like 300 uh, assets that went to markets right? within about a 10-day period. I wound up reaching like, I don't know, some hundreds of thousands of people organically got booked on loads of podcasts. And funnily enough, I was off social media for a year. So how did that all happen? I didn't spend a cent on advertising or social ads, by the way. Um, didn't send a single email, nothing. And that's purely just organic reach and content. However, the reason why I reached all those people and the reason why I was able to impact my audience and other people on LinkedIn as an example is because I solved a problem. I did something. I did something around the topic of failure you know, and why failure is an essential prerequisite to achieving anything in 2024 and beyond. And the, first, and the reason why I did that was because if you go to LinkedIn, what do you see? You see everyone's so successful, Lauren's, you know, merging companies and Rob's just sold his company and bought a, a farm next to Lauren, you know, <laughs> everybody's so successful, right? Um, and it creates this perception that that's all, all we ever have and celebrates in today's modern business world is success, when really what we should be doing is celebrating failures because the more we fail, the more we learn, the more we become who we were meant to be. We built better businesses. We are able to then influence people, you see. So for me, it's like do something first. Even the custom GPT app, for instance, I cannot take that, uh, that solution architecture and sell it to podcast hosts. I can sell it to businesses and say, hey, you know, there's 350 blog posts that you wrote last year that are gathering digital dust. Well, now imagine what we could we can create your own custom GPT app, you see. And now this is going to accelerate your onboarding. We can help you to create a book within a matter of uh, 48 hours. <laughs> you see, yeah, so I mean, do something, huge. solve something, and then you go to market with that story. That's what yeah. you do. Um, and do it. And I think. Yeah, go ahead. You, no,
2: go ahead. No, I was ahead, just going
0: to add, like, and do it aggressively. Do it aggressively. Yes. Like if you're posting one. Do it aggressively. Yeah, if you're doing like one post a day because you don't want to upset your 10,000 followers on LinkedIn, then you have to shift your mindset. Because I'd rather upset people because I'm like flooding the market with content um, and have an, a quantifiable impact with the people that do consume that content, you see? It's kind of like when you get romanced mm-hmm. about, especially as podcast hosts, you're looking at, oh, we only got 100 downloads this month. I'm like, fantastic. You got 100 downloads? Yeah, but it's not, not 10,000. Joe Rogan gets a million. Yeah, but you're not Joe Rogan, right? Yeah. And actually, think about this. Of those hundred downloads, if download number sixty-seven listened to what you had to say and then made a choice, a decision to change their lives or to persevere or to do something differently, I care about the one download, not the hundred thousand. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and so this is what I mean yes. by it's like a mindset, a mindset shift. You know, you have to put loads more content out there. Yeah, I
1: I always love this idea of like eyes. Well, eyes. I, I we. Sorry, real quick. Uh, like the eyes and what eyes? Eyes versus buys mindset, Matt. We're like, yeah, you know, Joe Rogan has this massive eyes, right? But if you yeah. get one, like you said, if you get one person to take action, or if you get one sale or whatever, it doesn't have to be a sale. It could just be, you know, that person changes their habit, right? Like mm. that's the buy economy. Like that's the do. So I, you know, I really think about that a lot too, right? Like you don't need a million. You need the right five the Mm -hmm. rate 100
0: and that also goes back to influencer marketing right so you're judged by these vanity metrics i write about it in my book you know where we've kind of been we've fallen into the solution trap of what credibility means you know um and credibility for me means well what do you find if you google your name you see so, yes. The, yes, followers can be uh, an indicator of probable influence, but most of the time it it doesn't. Like, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, 10, 15 years ago, there was that book, you know, a thousand true fans. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and today, I actually think you need a hundred. You need a hundred fan, true fans, to actually start to impact markets and to really start to scale your influence. You need less, not more. Um Lauren is going to regret
1: that.
0: Yeah, dude. Listen, this is the thing about. Let's just take Facebook for instance. You have to create content, okay? Then you have to promote that content to get a like. So let's say that I spend ten thousand dollars to get ten thousand likes. Now I'm a year into my journey. I've just it's cost me ten thousand dollars to to build a community, evidently a false community, so to speak, of followers. Okay. So now it's the next year, I now produce another video and I don't advertise it. How many of those 10,000 uh, fans or followers actually see my content? This is less than 1%. Why? Because Facebook wants you to keep spending money on advertising. So On I mean, what planet does that make sense where I must pay to build an audience and then pay to reach that audience I've just paid to build? Do you see what I mean? Um, and so this is why. I'm saying. Want... Yeah yeah so followers you want
2: testimonials i want testimonials i want somebody that's that's going to have a good experience and then tell the next person and then tell the next person and then tell the next person
0: Mm -hmm. yep yeah social proof nothing sells like someone else selling
1: you (laughs) yeah i like exactly exactly i mean it's how
2: we built our big courts yes exactly um I mean, we're a review society. um, So it stands to reason that if somebody can give me a testimonial and talk about it um, to others, you know, that I have a little bit of credibility or that the course has a little bit, you know, whatever it is that I'm selling or whatever it is that I'm solving. Um, I think what also um, surprised me or um, not surprised me, but how much because I think my issue is always I have to think of new things all the time. Like I have to be in creator mode all the time. That's exhausting. Um, and, but I can have a plethora of ideas over a year's time. I think my battle has always been reusing those things, repurposing those things, getting them out everywhere uh, and perme you know, just permeating, just doing, doing, doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's been my biggest problem. And one of the th- things that I walked away w- uh, with from our conversation is, uh, you can take one piece of material and it can do 20 different things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. And you don't need to spend $30,000 a month paying a whole team yep. to do it. You know, And so again, Correct. to your point, Lauren, it's a great point that you raised. It's all about how you now think about uh, AGI, artificial genitive intelligence, right? And these tools that can really help you to scale what you do, right? So you shoot once, you get... I talk about in the book called um, influence leveraged growth. So how do you put 1x in but get 10x out? And so as an example, you do a podcast interview, right? Not just audio, but the video. If you don't do the video, you're losing a whole potential audience. Um, so you do both. And then your audio becomes uh, a podcast. Your video, you then repurpose into you know 15 assets in like 10 minutes, not even. Which And you're not even doing the work. You pay a, a little VA $10 an hour to download those assets or even just to do it all for you and the post copy and the, and the publication and you focusing on the stuff that matters, which is building your business, growing your network, you know, uh, uh, nurturing your relationships. Um, and in a year, if you, if you execute on the right system, and in my book, I talk about influence systems, if you execute on the right system, you can be sitting on, list, on literally like tens of thousands of followers without spending a cent on advertising. And all you did was do something, <laughs> you know, and then right. work with these tools to uh, help you to scale your influence.
2: Yeah. Well, I, and I, I love how simple that idea is because, I, I again, I do think there's a ton of pressure to come up with something new or to come up with something different. Um, and I, I think, like you said from the beginning, it's what problem do you solve? What are the different ways you can solve that problem? Um, and then, how can you provide value in solving that problem? i i i it's so, so simple that I just we overlook it mm-hmm. completely absolutely, because we try and make everything complicated
0: especially in the started year, <clears throat> right? Because you know like, oh, it's a new year, I must do new things. And then your whole mindset goes mm-hmm. to new, 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 and it's the it's the it's the Achilles heel of visionary people. So I talk to visionary founders, entrepreneurs every day. And it's amazing to see the consistency between how they actually think. So uh, a visionary by nature is always looking at the new. They're looking at the future. Like, and you have to, if you're a visionary, you're always looking at the future and unfortunately that also creates anxiety because you're projecting into the future the whole time. Um, but, uh, point being is the new, especially for visionaries is an Achilles heel, because instead of, uh, focusing on the new, what you should be doing, uh, focusing on anyway, is doing more or doing things better. So more being AGI, how can I, you know, take my podcast and, you know, create five hundred assets out of it or whatever. Or a book out of it. Right? Doing more. Better is around, well, what didn't work in terms of delivering my solution or my value last year? Well, I wasted all this time doing A, B, C, Y, and this didn't work and our webinar series flopped and nobody reads white papers anymore. Okay, cool. Well turn that off. Stop doing that. You know, focus on the better. What did work well? What worked was, you know, using automated LinkedIn sequencing technology, or you know, writing another best-selling book, or podcasters, leveraging other people's audiences, right, to scale your own influence and amplify your story. Um, and so, if you just focus on the more and the better, and just give the newer a little bit of a holiday, you know, make it ten percent of your thinking and ten percent of your strategy but stick to the more and the better.
2: I like that a lot. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. What words of wisdom would you, you, what are some final thoughts, final words of wisdom that you would leave with our leaders, our entrepreneurs, our business owners um, as we come into the year?
0: Absolutely. Um, Well, it's actually a quote from Plato, which I'm paraphrasing, but he said, um any man who doesn't cultivate his own influence will eventually be ruled by lesser men um and that's that's really my mantra this year which is helping business leaders in which any in any way I can to help them understand what influence true influence is capable of doing for you uh, in your career in your business in your home you know um, and just really focusing on that idea, which is how am I using or cultivating my own influence to elevate others? And that for me is the thing because, you know, if you have a strong enough why, you can bear anyhow. how. Um, and it's tough out there. We all have this new motivation at the beginning of the new year, but that, fa- that eventually falls flat, right? You have a bad couple of quarters that don't work. Maybe you lose some clients and suddenly you're in a hole. and Now you're suffering. Um, and so what I've found helpful is to always sit in your purpose you know, to think about, well, why am I doing all of this at all, you know? Um, and then thinking about, um, others that you can influence in a positive way, as part of this journey, this crazy stock market graph journey, you know, uh, that we're all on, on a daily basis.
2: I love it. I love it. This is awesome. Uh, And I, I think I love more than anything, um, because we, we talk all the time, uh, especially on the technology side, if you don't have purpose, um, and you don't have your differentiators or your value um, you really don't have anything. Um, And, and so it's really important that businesses sit down and, and, and really decide, you know, what value it is they want to bring, what their purpose is. And that's how you create culture. We talk about it on the podcast all the time. Um, People want to connect to something as, as Gen Z's coming in, you know, they really want to be inspired by something. Um, And, and so I, yeah, purpose, purpose, and value. Those are those are your two nuggets. There you go. I love it. Well, Matt, yeah, Thank, thank you. you so much for taking the time to come on our humble little podcast as we, you know, continue to grow our audience. Um, but it is one download at a time. Uh, just like you said, it took Jordan Har- uh, Harbinger. Is that his last name? Yes. Six years. Harbinger. Yeah. Um, he kept at it for six years before he had any audience to speak of. So it's just to keep doing and this podcast to keep serving. homework. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All
0: right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the opportunity, man. Matt, thank you so much, man.
2: Thank that. Thank you for listening to the You Own the Experience podcast.
1: You can catch all our previous episodes at com and learn more about our thriving staff and community by signing up for the Wiley newsletter.
2: And Coming soon is Staffing Huddle, an online open community dedicated to your staffing success. I'm Rob. And I'm Lauren. Go do something something good. good. Bye guys.